0: Okay, welcome everyone to another episode, edition, whatever you want to call this fucking little thing that we got going on here, Um, Sunset Flips and Super Kicks, the podcast. How's everyone doing? This fine, who knows when you're going to be hearing this, new year maybe, who knows, who knows. Um, Just finished watching a little, little something something that I've been working on. That'll be coming out very soon, so I thought you know I might come on here and, and just wrap a little, just wrap my head around a few things. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed the greatest of all time brackets, part one and part two um definitely part two that was more of a drink cast than a podcast, way too much scotch, but I hope it was hope it was worth everyone's while tuning in and listening to and yeah, it'd be interesting to hear other people's take on who they think the greatest of all time is. That was just sort of like a little knockout thing that we did, and there's no real, I don't think there's really a wrong answer when it comes to that based on on opinion, and even based on fact, it's pretty much impossible to do that. But anyway, hope everyone enjoyed that. Gonna get the band back together, as they say. Give us a two-sweet. Um, and we're going to be doing some more, so we've got more planned, I think there's four, at least four, that we've got planned, so definitely in the new year, going to be looking to to do more of them. I'm going to be talking uh, TLC this episode, as well as um, 2005, i watching a bit of 2005 pay-per-views, am just going to wrap my head around WrestleMania 21 and SummerSlam, um, which I just recently watched, that's still fresh in my mind, and... Might even go into the best matches of 2020 as well. That's been released on the WWE Network. So, um, I'll get into that as well. Um, and then if anything else springs to my mind, um, surely everyone knows by now how these things work. I plan something and something else comes out. So, we'll go, um, we'll get, we'll get into TLC, which was about a a week ago. As I'm recording this, I'll just, uh um, just get it up here on the iPhone. All right here we go. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Gimmick pay-per-view that I'm not a fan of. Um, definitely not a fan of all these gimmick pay-per-views, Elimination Chamber, TLC, Hell in a Cell, Extreme Rules. Fucking, I don't know what else. The only real one that worked was TNA when they did lockdown. And every match was a steel cage or six sides of steel. Even, um... WCW, I think what was their one? I think it was uncensored. And that was like every match was a hardcore match. And that sort of worked, I guess. But then you look at extreme rules from WWE this year, there's like seven matches, and three of them are extreme rules and extreme rules matches or whatever with a stipulation and the rest are singles matches. Which defeats the purpose. I mean you look here, we've got we've got six matches at TLC. Two of them are TLC matches, and the rest are singles, apart from an Inferno match, which is weird. Like, there was no just straight-up tables match, there wasn't a ladder match, even a chairs match, just two TLC matches, that's it. Like, let's go back to the old school pay-per-views, I always say that. Um, Though it does appear that Armageddon could be coming back, so hopefully that could be things looking up, I don't know, I don't know. All right, let's just let's get straight into it. Um, won't worry about the kickoff show because I mean, what's the point? What a what a dream team, you know. Um, first match: Drew McIntyre against AJ Styles. TLC match. Just I don't know. Like I'm just I can't. I still can't buy into McIntyre. I don't like these baby faces. That like this is where I had my issue with Seth Rollins. It was just two goody two-shoes and, I don't know, it just shit me. Like McIntyre was a great heel. A great heel, but he still, I don't still, I can't see him being the top, the top guy. I mean, he's been put in the ring with Rollins, Ziggler, Orton, Styles, all proven in-ring workers that can carry a match. So that sort of leads me to believe Ken McIntyre. Carry one on his own. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Um, the Miz came in and cashed in his money in the bank, turning it into a triple threat match. Even though it was actually John Morrison that cashed it in, and that sort of got me. That got me up thinking there's a chance that the title will change hands. I always was going Styles, just because, like Drew McIntyre's the most protected man. In WWE right now. Like, he's more protected than Roman Reigns. Let's let's be real. Let's just be real on that fact. Um, you know, and if the title changes hands, McIntyre doesn't get pinned. So, he still looks... You know, he still looks strong. You know, because you got to keep him strong. But I thought, you know, Styles, give him another run with the title. McIntyre can win the Rumble. He can go back to back. And then you get McIntyre, Reigns at WrestleMania which, you know, Survivor Series, I had that match, which was a WrestleMania-worthy match. You get that at Mania, and the score is, well, it's actually 2 nothing because McIntyre lost when Reigns came back at WrestleMania, which I think was the wrong call. I think McIntyre should have won that match, but obviously because it was Reigns coming back from his battle, and first match, obviously, he's going to win. And then at Survivor Series, there was no way Roman Reigns was losing. So, then again, it could be, you know, McIntyre finally gets one up, becomes Universal Champion, which wouldn't be right. Reigns has to hold that title for a very, very long time. Um, yeah, it's disappointing from my end on the result, but it wasn't, wasn't too bad of a match. Too bad, but. You know, just when you look at it now, it's always going to go down as a triple threat match when it wasn't. Um, but, you know, it was, it was smart. It was, that's that's a good way to have a cash-in. You know, both guys beaten up from a TLC, but you know what do you do. Um, I don't know what's next, who's next for McIntyre. I don't really remember much from Raw. It might be Sheamus, Keith Lee, or something like that. Um, Braun Strowman's injured, so I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to see Lashley step up. I'd like to see Lashley finally get a get a chance. You know, we were promised Lashley and Lesnar a long time ago, but anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next match: Sasha Banks beating Carmella to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. Like, yeah, whatever cool, I, yeah, wasn't, wasn't really into that match, you know, I couldn't see Sasha losing, um, so yeah, I, it, it'd be the same scenario if Carmella did win, um, Sasha winning the Rumble, and then taking on Oscar, but, like, we already saw that this year, so, no, it's a bit weird now, like, it's all just the singles, like, for the women's, whereas when you had Bailey and Sasha together, like, they were definitely, like, carrying, I think, the women's division for sure, and then Carmella coming back, I just never got into it, like, from the start, you know, the wine or the champagne, whatever, when those vignettes were coming up, and everyone's like, it's Carmella, I just, I I couldn't give a crap, to be honest. And I, I couldn't get into this match as well because of the commentary, but I won't I won't get into that. I already I already blew up about that on, on Instagram. So I've actually got I'm saving my blow up as well for a couple of matches time. Um, I hope we'll see if we get there. Um so like what's next? Like who's SmackDown got? You know, I dare say they're not gonna do carry on Banks and Bailey, even though they probably should have kept that going till now. Rather than just have like the one or two match blow off and that's it. Like where's the big long storylines? You know I get it like they were tag for so long but at, at the same time it was so obvious that they were going to split up. So you know just get the story going and going but times are changing. Gotta get used to it I guess. The Hurt Business defeated The New Day to become the new Royal Tag Team Champions. Uh, that's Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. So that's fucking, that's cool. I I I could get into that. Like, you know, I I love the New Day. But you know, I I really really like what the Hurt Business is doing. Like what MVP is doing. Like, there's there's just one championship missing now. Fucking give MVP the WWE Championship. Give Hurt Business all the Gold. Like Evolution back in the day. That's what they should be doing. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Hurt Business. What's next? I don't know what tag teams are there. Rolling around. They'll just have to throw two... Like Retribution. Maybe Retribution will step up. They've got that history with the Hurt Business, don't they? Fuck, fuck, I don't know. We'll see. The women's tag team match. Jackson Baszler. So Oscar' original partner was Lana, and obviously she got taken out. She's still my pick for the Rumble. Got her at eighty-one bucks. She's now paying seventeen. So things are looking good there. You know, watch those odds drop. Be the favourite soon. So Oscar's got a fucking mystery partner. Fucking, I knew it was going to be who I didn't want it to be because there was no one else. There was no one else. Like it's not going to be Ayush or I. Kyrie's has gone. So, of course, it's going to be Charlotte Flair. And what happens? Well, obviously, Oscar and Charlotte win. So, Charlotte can become a Grand Slam champion as well. But no one cares. Look, stick another fucking needle in your face. Seriously. Fuck, go back back and watch Ric Flair at the Hall of Fame or at WrestleMania, his last WrestleMania match. And look at her then. And look at her now. It's two completely different people. One was a girl. This one we've got now. Well. I ain't going to say nothing. Um, But we all know who the first Grand Slam women's wrestler was. Everyone remembers the first. Like everyone remembers Chris Jericho was the first undisputed champion. Shawn Michaels was the first Grand Slam champion. Bailey was the first women's. Grand Slam champion. The GOAT. Let's not forget that. Um, so yeah, fuck Charlotte. Like, I don't... I try to portray positivity. I'm sick of the negative shit, but this this gets me negative. Like, what have you done? You've been out for fucking how long? I don't even remember when your last match was, and I don't care. And yet you just come back, pick up a win, now you're a tag team champion with Oscar of all people. We know that you're going like, to... It's carbon copy Bailey Banks? Except Bailey and Banks were actually friends. Oscar Charlotte were never friends, but now they're friends. So we already know that that match is going to happen, and Charlotte's going to get handed the uh, Raw Raw Women's Championship because she gets handed everything else. And then what's going to happen? Oh, just in time for Becky Lynch to possibly come back. Just in time for fucking Ronald McDonald fucking Ronda Rousey to come back. And they're going to be able to fucking ruin another triple threat main event at WrestleMania. Let's Let's just hope. Let's just hope. Fuck no. Fuck that. Move on. Women's division was doing fine without Charlotte. Didn't even realize she was gone. I actually enjoyed watching Bayley and Sasha do their thing. Carry the division like they did. Now it's just gonna get dragged down because Charlotte's just gonna fucking be everywhere. She's gonna get handed everything, just like she was handed the SmackDown Women's Championship a week and a half before WrestleMania. Just like she was handed the SmackDown Women's Championship for three days after or before Hell in a Cell when Bailey was champion, only for Bailey to win it back, just like she was handed the NXT Championship and derailed Rhea Ripley. That's that's what's happened. That's what's... Like, I I can't get into Rhea Ripley. I never have and never will. And I never say never, but I can't see myself getting behind Rhea Ripley. Just like any of them, really. But if you wanted to make Rhea Ripley, like, fucking awesome and, you know, the powerhouse that she's supposed to be, she would have beat Charlotte at WrestleMania, but instead got to go to Charlotte. Enough of that, because fucking me off right now, um, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, TLC match, obviously Reigns won, fucking great match, this was a great match, like, it's always, it's been Jey Uso for the last few pay-per-views for Reigns, and now, like, they're together, called that, Um, but who is there, you know, Kevin Owens, bit of a smoky, bit of a roughy, if you ask me, I always thought it would have been Daniel Bryan, um, which, like, I wouldn't um, say no to, like, Daniel Bryan's a gun, Daniel Bryan, Roman, like, this Roman Reigns character is the greatest, is the greatest in wrestling right now, that's, like, hands down, I think, and Kevin Owens, like, as a baby face, like, no thank you, but, you know, going against Roman Reigns, it's, it's working, it's definitely working, and, like, even, like, their match on SmackDown as well, just the way that ended was fucking sick, so, um, but, no, it was, it was good, like, and just the way Roman just goes about his business. Like it's just it's just slow. It's just timed. It's paced. Like, he's in no rush. It's just about decimating. Decimating everyone. So big ups there. And then the main event, um, A bit of a shock here. The Firefly Inferno match. Randy Orton defeated the fiend. Yeah, I think everyone was on the fiend on this one. I wasn't, though. I'm never going against my man, Randy. As you know by now, he's my GOAT. To me, he's the greatest to ever do it. <clears throat> this match was just interesting. Like, it wasn't your normal Inferno match. You know, fire around the ring and, and whatnot. It was more like around the barricades and stuff. And Wyatt just fucking, or the Fiend, sorry lit everything up, it was fucking crazy, and when I saw that, I'm like, fuck, this is actually like, this could actually be pretty cool, and it was, it was fucking awesome, like, even with the, the rocking chair, you know, the old, the old Bray Wyatt, um, and just the, like, the story, that's what, what it's about, it's, it's about the story, and the story of, you know, when, when Orton was in the Wyatt family, and then burnt it down, you know, and then he burnt, he fucking blew up the casket or burnt the casket, whatever, on Raw and whatnot. Orton loves burning people, like The Undertaker, back in 2005, like 15 years later, he's still just lighting caskets on fire. fire. Um, so, yeah, like, what happened here was they were outside and, and The Fiend had, like, the mandible claw and Orton was wrestling in, like, basically, like, a hoodie and tracksuit and shit obviously, and then when you see that, you sort of think, oh, fuck, maybe it's him that's going to go up in flames, um, but, you know, he turned it around, burnt the fiend, and you know, that was it, ran in the ring, and the fiend chased after him, and fucking drop, dropped him with an RKO, and fucking just lit him up, with, just lit him up, you know, gas on him, and fucking burn him, and yeah, fuck, like, was that real? How did they do that? So that's what I'm saying, like on Instagram and stuff. Oh my god, how did they do that to Bray Wyatt? It was clearly a doll, you dumb fuck. Well, that's not going to be him. Do you see how much fucking gasoline Randy Orton poured on him? You think they're going to do that to an actual human being? Stupid, stupid. Fucking Marks. That's what he's are. he's a Marks. Gotta love the Marks. I love them all in all it wasn't it wasn't too bad of a a pay-per-view they've definitely um they've definitely picked up towards the back end of the year the pay-per-views in between was just shocking but you know you, you got to I give them benefit of the doubt anyway covid and shit no fans so you sort of let it slide but towards the back end I think they really Doing good things. Pay-per-view life. So, hopefully 2021 brings... Um, some more good things. Some more good things. So... Yeah, not bad. Rumble's next. Um, who's, who's my picks? My picks... Um, still Lana. She's still my pick. And for the men's... Like... I th- you know, I would have liked to have seen McIntyre lose. So he can win. Like, that'd be... Like that's something I would want to see, because I predicted it, obviously. So then McIntyre, Reigns can go. Um, maybe Rollins. Rollins is supposed to be coming back, so hopefully he comes back as the Messiah. Fingers crossed. Um, but you know, the talk is well, not the talk, because so I don't read that shit. I just more the talk. When I say the talk, I mean the betting odds on Sportsbet, and that's uh, Big E and Keith Lee. So. Like, why? Well, I'm not going to get behind that. Like, Big A's the intercontinental champion now. So, what's he going to do with Cena? Except Cena didn't win the Rumble. But he's still number one contender while he was US champion. So, I'd, I don't know. And then for the women, like, Bianca is the favorite. So, that'd be alright if they sort of get behind her and heavily invest in her. Um, rather than just be like, yeah, I mean, look at Alistair Black. Like, where's he now? Like, he's gone. Like, he's he's nothing now because of uh, Selena Vega. That's that's what it's going to come down to. So, <laughs> anyway, All right. I'm gonna. Um... Oh, do I? will Fucking just recap Mania 21, actually, while oh, I got the chance. Yes, 2005, like, is an underrated year in wrestling. That's for sure. I mean, even, like, this, this mania, like... I forgot how good it was. Like, fucking, when you, when you kick it off with Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, like, you, you can't go wrong. Like, they've... They can't have a bad match. It is impossible for them to have a bad match. Like, their chemistry is just fucking off the charts. And this was sort of like the start of fucking, what's this, like April, so this is the start of like five months of just fucking awesome TV between these two, because they just get into this mad rivalry, and it was fucking awesome, like, it's the best rivalry of 2005, I think, by far, when you got like two of the best wrestlers in 2005 as well, fuck off. You know, you got the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match, which was won by Edge, and this was sort of Edge's, like, push or rise to the main event scene and whatnot. We all know what 2005 was like for Edge. And, you know, he was, like, he was the guy, so to speak. You know, we all know, like, he cashed in at New Year's Revolution I think I think it was New Year's Resolution or Revolution or whatever it's fucking called. After the Chamber. Perfect way to cash in. Especially like being a heel. And the only person that was behind him on that was Vince. You know, Vince even says to him, as he's cashing in, prove me right. And I don't know how that worked because he lost it three weeks later. But he was still in that main event scene for All Out 2006. And then uh, 2000 and. I can't really remember what happened to him in 2007, where if he was around or not, but 2008, you know, he was World Heavyweight Champion, and he ended up becoming a 12-time champion, I think, throughout his career, and he did that in the span of five years because I think 2011 was when he retired, just after Mania, and he won his first title, world title, at the start of 2006, so that's it's about five years five years in a couple of months, 12 world titles, you know, and he was injured, he got injured for a period there with his Achilles and came back, won the Rumble, did it again, like, and it was all because of, like, the push he got in 2005, like, sort of the, uh, rocket strap, I guess, that's what he used to say in his podcast, he sees pot of awesomeness, um, got rocket strapped to the top by winning money in the bank and that's where it all started for him, you know, then we've got Um, Undertaker and Orton at WrestleMania. You know, just a, just a one-off match that turned into like a four-month rivalry in August or maybe five even when Orton got drafted to SmackDown, took out The Undertaker, and then they had the match at SummerSlam, which I'll talk about because I just recently watched that, and then they go on to No Mercy back when you know like I said Orton set him on fire blew up the casket Taker comes back and then they go to Armageddon so I recently just watched the um the Untold story on that as well like Untold that is the best thing I think on the network like just fucking some of the stories on there are amazing you know and this one this one's one of them you know like um Orton busted up Taker I think it was before Mania or it might have been before SummerSlam. I think it might have been before Mania, the contract signing for Mania. And he hit him with a chair and sort of pulled it back a bit and like just ripped his nose, like the skin off his nose and shit, just cut him open. And Orton was shitting himself and, you know, Taker came up to him and said, you know, you're going to get a receipt for that. And this was probably March, if if I've got that right. And then in December, their last match in Armageddon, the Hell in a Cell, Taker says to Orton, well, your receipt's coming now. like, you know, and that's, like, think of what that would have done for Orton's career. I mean, look at Orton's career now. That's because, you know, he got he got Taker at Mania, which was the first Mania, I believe, where they actually acknowledged the streak. It was a few Manias before where they knew about it, but I think this was the first Mania where they actually started acknowledging it on TV. You know, Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, fucking dream match is the best match by far on the card and this was a this was a Wrestlemania that had Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio on it that had a six man ladder match on it that had Triple H Batista like and you got Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels fucking Kurt Angle 2005 and 2006 was just like fuck man you, you cannot say a bad thing about Kurt Angle and like what he did with that i guess quote unquote character you know, if you want to mark out with me right now, um, it was just a machine, it was an absolute machine, now, I remember the, I didn't watch all the lead up to this and shit, but I remember the lead up to it, and it was just, it was just awesome, like, Angle's just losing his shit because of the rumble, because of the Royal Rumble, when Mike was eliminated, and which is always how they sort of start their, sort of how they start their, like, WrestleMania matches, I guess, and you know, this one fucking, this one lived up, also, another, another recommendation here from Sunset Flips and Super Kicks, the Untold Story on, um, Angle and Michaels as well, check that one out, yeah, but then, you got a sumo match on here, like, that's just fucking, like, woohoo! um, and then, like, the, I guess the double main event, you got the rise of John Cena and Batista to the top, like, you know, we all remember their fuck-up at the 2005 Royal Rumble, which caused Vince McMahon to tear both his quads trying to get into the ring um, because someone dropped somebody. Uh, but they both, you know, rise to the top. It was at this WrestleMania, like, both titles changed hands. Like, when was, when was the last time that, you know, since they had the WWE and the World Heavyweight Championship or the WWE and Universal Championship? Like, when did... When when has there been two world titles change hands at Mania? I, I can't really remember. I mean, it's probably happened, but obviously this one was the first. I think. Yeah. Well, nineteen Triple H didn't drop it. Twenty Eddie didn't drop it. So yeah. So yeah, this, this is the first. So and then this was you know the start of um, well, not the start, but the first match of Batista and Triple H. They went three matches. On pay-per-view in a row. Backlash as well and finished up at Hell in a Cell. And, you know, Triple H put Batista over cleanly three times. So, 2005, man. Like, what a year. It's definitely a good year to invest in. For sure. Um, And then, like, going back to Angle and Michaels, then they have their rematch at Vengeance. I can't remember how that comes about. I think Kurt Angle gets drafted to Raw. So then, you know, perfect opportunity to to do that, and then, you know, like I said, same before with Orton and and Taker. Like Orton gets drafted SmackDown, and they go, and then they like reignite. But like Michaels and Michaels and Angle didn't reignite because after that, um, Michaels would then go on to Hogan, which was just yeah. Let's, let's, let's just get into that. Let's get into let's get into SummerSlam. We'll talk about SummerSlam. Um, another, like st- this card was stacked as well. You know, first match, like you know, Chris Benoit and Orlando Jordan only lasted like twenty seconds. Um, but you know, going back to what I was saying, mania like the year Edge had, like with Matt Hardy, like we all know the situation there, like with um, the the triangle, I guess, Edge, Leader, and Matt Hardy, that became real, and you know I sort of I'm still trying to fucking like find the line where it's sort of wrestling and when it's real like when hardy jumped edge backstage like was that legit like did matt hardy actually break in and attack edge or or was he still on the was he still on the roster I can't remember but he got fired but then he came back and they had this match and you, you could just see like the shots that Hardy was throwing at Edge, like, they were stiff as fuck. Like, they were just, they were literally beating the shit out of each other. Like, how do you, I don't, I, I don't understand how you do business like that. Like, I, you'd have to pay me a shitload of money. Like, if I was in Matt Hardy's shoes, like, what happened with him, and, you know, you want me to work with the guy that stole my missus, like, you you'd have to fucking pay me a shitload of money. For me to fucking lie on my back and get pinned or whatever and lose to this guy. Because, obviously, he's the guy that you're heavily invested in. And, obviously, me, if I'm Matt Hardy, like, been acting unprofessionally. So, you know, I can sort of say it. But still, like, I'd fucking, I'd want, you know, I'd want my bank account to be, you know, nicely topped up for doing a job for you. I think afterwards, he got let go again anyway, or he went to SmackDown or something, so that was later on um, Unforgiven, I think. Loser leaves Raw or gets fired or something like that. Um, Mysterio and Guerrero still going, SummerSlam. You, you sort of look and go, fuck, it's very rematch from WrestleMania, but it's really not, because they were going, they were tag team champions at the time, and then they went at uh, Judgment Day. And then Great American Bash and then SummerSlam. This match had a bit of a stipulation to it. It was a ladder match um, for the custody of Dominic. We all know Dominic debuted this year against the uh my savior. My God. My Messiah. Seth Rollins. I am his disciple. Um, yeah, way back when, you know. This was this was a thing. Let's have a match to see who the kid's gonna go home with like in a custody battle so fuck like that was that was great great match like like i said like that's the best storyline i think of 2005 and like it was going that entire time and it still went i think i think it still went like a few weeks after that Yeah, then, you know, talking about Kurt Angle, couldn't do anything wrong in 2005, you know, he was doing his uh, Olympic medal challenge, three minutes, and it was just like, beating fuckers left, right, and center, but who remembers Eugene? Fuck. There's a blast from the past, Eugene. Um, He lasted three minutes and got Kurt Angle's gold medal, the Olympic medal, whatever. Um, So they had a no time limit match, and it didn't really take long for Angle to destroy Eugene. Um, I think this was when he was the wrestling machine, or well, that might have been in two thousand and six. I can't remember because I think it was because Angle was next after after Summerslam. He was next in line um, for the WWE Championship, and I think he he aligned himself with Divari at this time, but then. You know, a few months later, ended up on SmackDown and became World Heavyweight Champion. So, you know, um, Orton and Taker. This is sort of like the match that restarted their their rivalry um, and introduced Bob Orton, which was a nice addition to the to the rivalry. It worked out well. Oh, this is fucking another great match. Mania Mania was a better one, um, but I think Armageddon. I'd probably have to go back and watch, but Armageddon be definitely the top match for them. And then Cena and uh, Batista, you know, still world champions. Uh, Cena defeated Chris Jericho. Um, Fucking Chris Jericho. This was 15 years ago. Like, the halfway mark of his career, I guess you could say. Um, And then he had a match, would have been the next night on Raw, or a week after, where he vowed to beat Cena for the title, which he didn't, and then Bischoff fired him, and this was just like a a sort of way to get give Jericho a break and start concentrating on his music with Fozzie. And I think he came back in two thousand and seven when Orton was champion. So and then you got Batista JBL, no holds barred match that didn't really last long. Um, but it was just a fucking physical match. And then the main event, Hogan and Michaels. Um at first, you know, I was never like, I didn't care for the match, like, I've seen it, but I never cared for it, but, like, watching it again before, it was just, it was amazing, it was just, it was highly entertaining, and that was because Shawn Michaels went old-school Shawn Michaels and oversold the fuck out of just about everything Hogan did, because it was, it was essentially a fuck you to Hogan, it was essentially a fuck you to Hogan, because the, uh, the story goes that um, Hogan refused to to lose to Michaels which doesn't surprise me you know, I think the plan well, they were looking at doing um, like a a trilogy like three matches but obviously, you know King Hogan didn't want to do that um, you know, because it's Hulk Hogan like fuck bro, come on man, seriously I, I, I still don't understand how you can have a guy that came back and did nothing like, I can't remember when his last match was I'm gonna say 2003 against McMahon at Mania was his last big match he might have done a few matches here and there as uh, Mr. America, if you remember that <clears throat> but then he he tagged with Michaels at backlash, I think, against Hussein and Davari. And then on a Raw, which is when Michaels turned on him. So Michaels is like a full time wrestler. And like one of the best to ever do it. Like close to his prime, perhaps. Or maybe he just never left his prime from the late nineties. But then you have Hogan beat him. Because Hogan refused to lose to him, which is why they didn't you know well, they didn't do a, a follow up match and then a third match to decide because it obviously would have been Hogan because you know that's that's just how Hogan did things, um, which is probably why we never got Hogan and Austin at Mania 18 because Hogan didn't want to lose to Austin, you know. It's the same in 2006 when Hogan beat Orton, when Orton's you know in the middle of this legend killer thing that he's doing. How do you kill a legend when you when you can't beat him? And it's not that he couldn't beat him. It's just that Hogan wouldn't let him beat him. Because Hogan's got all the power, brother. You know, I named an episode on that, you know. Ugh, that's not going to work for me, brother. You know? That's fucking Hogan. He's got the ego the size of the fucking world. And I was just um, listening to a podcast. Um, with uh, Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard, this is this, this is like this is like a massive like what if scenario or whatever. But Pritchard was saying that in '97, when Hart left to go to WCW after the Screwjob, greatest in wrestling, greatest in wrestling. Hogan's contract was up in WCW apparently. I didn't hear. I didn't really hear Bischoff debate this, so it might have been true. And that they were going to, WWE was going to get Hogan back, but then have him lead DX, which just would have been stupid. Could you imagine Hulk Hogan in DX with Triple H? But the plan still was for Austin to get the title at Mania 14, but Hogan was going to be champion. Like, the Hogan, I don't think Hogan would have done that. Not back then. mean, he wouldn't do it in 2005 and 6. I can't remember who won the match at Mania 18. Was it The Rock? I can't remember. But why would you lose to The Rock when you wouldn't lose to Austin? Bah, but no, because he's threatened by Austin, because Austin's the biggest, biggest star than him. So, but still, you know, makes no sense. Nothing does, but... Nothing does. This is just jibber-jabber. This is just me rambling on now. It's just rambling on. WrestleMania 14, Hulk Hogan versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. For the WWE Championship. Fuck, what would that have been like? Fuck, we could have got Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels in their prime. Once again, we all know how that would have turned out. The result wouldn't have changed. But maybe we wouldn't have got the fucking beautiful oversell... Spectacular that we got from one Shawn Michaels so who knows who knows that's um that's just you know or or what if whether there's truth to that or not I don't know but I did hear it on um Jericho's podcast from 2015 I think it was I've gone back and just listened to like all of his you know while I Figure out my next move. All right, um, still got some time here, so let's get to the um, the matches. Best matches of twenty <clears> twenty. <throat> um, let's see. We'll go. Uh, we'll just go to WWE. They've done the network special. The best of those best of things are actually pretty cool. I'd love to just sit down and watch all of them, but I don't have a spare hundred and fifty five hours to do so. But then some of them are just. Like, what is that doing on here? So, you know, how and how some of them actually have a best of when others should have one. I don't know. All right, let's just, um let's go through the list. So, we've got Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly at TakeOver 31. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. That's, um... And we're going to get that match again at New Year's Dash or whatever. So... Fucking come on, Kyle O'Reilly, Charlotte Flair and Ray Ripley. I didn't really watch that match, so I have no opinion on it. But I already did give my thoughts before. Volta um, against Dragunov at NXT UK. Yeah, that's that's about right. This Dragunov man, he's um, fuck, he's had some good matches. He had the uh, the barn burner, <laughs> as they say. Fuck Um Drop the phone Whoops Uh Boxing day sales Boxing day's over mate I uh, had yeah, that match The Bomb burner against Cesaro That one of the um UK takeovers And It still hasn't done anything For Cesaro And then the whole crowd was chanting Are you watching Vince McMahon And he tweeted saying Yes I am Noted Or some shit like that So that worked out well McIntyre and Orton at Clash of Champions, the ambulance match. Really? I mean, of all the matches you could have done, and you went with the the ambulance match, I thought they would have gone the match on Raw. Or the Hell in a Cell. Like You can't go wrong with a Hell in a Cell match. But SummerSlam? Was it SummerSlam? Nah, SummerSlam was like the two-minute match. We beat him with the The wrestling move, the backslide. But yeah, the ambulance match, that was sort of just a... It's just weird because, you know, Big Show, Shawn Michaels, and Ric Flair helped. Oh no, not Ric Flair. Ric Flair drove the ambulance. But Shawn Michaels, I think Christian, attacked Orton backstage, and Big Show attacked Orton. So, I mean, I know it wasn't like a... Like just a normal match, but... It wasn't a clean win for McIntyre, so I don't understand why they would do that. You know, for their for their top champion, why you would have this match on on here? It's very very interesting. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, and SmackDown. That was for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, again, two guys that you know can't put on a bad match. You know, it, you know Styles, WWE Champion, and. Brian challenging for it. I mean, that worked out well last time. That's when um, Brian turned heel, became you know the vegan champion, the hemp, the hemp. Yeah, there's there's another you know. Some I I'd, I'd like to see Brian. I think get maybe one more run with a with a with, a, with a world title. Like same with Styles for sure. Because I think I think this this year could possibly be both of their last years. Um, I know Styles has sort of said this contract is his last one and then Brian his last full-time gig and he wants to concentrate on being like a father and shit so he's probably still going to do like the part-time here and there stuff so maybe yeah maybe then then Brian will get the world title because that's what happens part-timers get the strap um here's here's an interesting one um, Sami Zayn Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles clash of champions the ladder match I'm um, you know I don't know if I'm just trying to think of other matches in like in WWE that you could put over this one but I can't at the moment but I don't know I would have put this one over Bryan and Styles but that's for sure um, I do think these are in order so I mean the finish was the finish was good. Like I love the finish like the way Sami Zayn won it but Yeah, it's a bit of bit of an odd one. Um, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, at Survivor Series. <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm surprised um Reigns and Uso from Hell in a Cell wouldn't be on here because that was that was a good match. And it's not just about the match, it's it's about the story. That's what wrestling is. That's what people need to understand. It's not just the match. It's about the story. It's about the storylines. Which is why it's like it's a bit hard to sort of get into it each and every week because one thing's happening and then it's scrapped. So Yeah. But yeah, no, I would have had Reigns and I would have had Reigns and Uso on this list in either one of these two matches place. Probably the latter match, I think. Actually, if I had it my way, it'd be in place of um, Flair and Ripley. Uh, number three, the greatest wrestling match ever. Backlash, Orton and Edge. Here we go. Um, the greatest wrestling match ever wasn't even the best match of 2020. Haha <laughs> All jokes aside. No, but it was a good, that was a good match. For sure. That's, That's my top WWE match of the year. Um, and then, I don't know. I don't know what would be, be surrounded by that. I haven't really worked on a list. You know, I have, I've got my best match from, I guess, all the companies. And by all the companies, I just mean three. Um, Banks and Bailey, Hell in a Cell, number two. It's very high up there. Um. Yeah, definitely, definitely should be on. Um, or the three Hell in a Cell matches could possibly be on this list. That's what made Hell in a Cell such a good pay per view: the three Hell in a Cell matches, not the three matches in between. And obviously, number one, the Boneyard match. Um, no doubt, um, that could that could possibly be a suck up to Taker retiring. But you know, it was it was still a good match. That's best match of WrestleMania for sure. Um, these clowns agree. Um, yeah, no, but... You know, I've... I'd go seven, 7 out of 10 of those matches for sure. Um, Adam Cole, Keith Lee. Great American Bash. I think that's what they did. Um... What else was there? War Games about Wargames Wargames was eh I guess now that I say it no tag team matches on there but which is interesting not for WWE but um but yeah for me Orton Edge Backlash that's number one in WWE from my point of view um AEW probably Young Bucks and FTR even though I think um, Young Bucks and Kenny and Paige from Revolution is the best match. Apparently, that's v- voted the best match of the year. So, I I definitely thought Bucks and FTR was, was the better match. Um, and then New Japan, um, going back to Wrestle Kingdom, start of the year. Um, i said it at the start of the year. It'd be very tough to top. Um... Okada and Ibushi on night one. That was the fourth day of the year. Close to 360 days later, and I still haven't seen a better match than that one this year. So that's still my top. That's still my top one. And Wrestle Kingdom is coming up. Another two nighter. And I cannot wait. Cannot wait. I've already got my uh already got my Wrestle Kingdom viewing planned. And that's for me to know and no one else to find out. Um, Let's see what we got here. So we got Hiromu Takahashi against El Fantasmo. So this is to determine the number one contender for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. um, For night two. And that is um, Ishimori. So I think Takahashi. Takahashi there for me. Um, the Dangerous Techers. <laughs> Taichi. Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, man. Zack Sabre Jr.'s growing on me. It sickens me. It sickens me. They're taking on my boys' G.O.D. Gorillas of Destiny. So we already know where I'm going there. That's night one. Um, Nothing here on Moxley defending his IWGP United States Championship. But Kenta, who is still the holder of the briefcase, I guess, for the, the number one contender. He's putting that on the line against Kojima. So Kenta, I, Kenta will still win that, surely. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi against Great O' a bit of an interesting one. Okada oh, and Will Ospreay. That's the one I'm definitely looking forward to. Definitely. And naito putting both the titles on the line against Abushi, who won the g1 again um although he doesn't have the briefcase anymore he lost that to jay white so jay white on night two will be facing the winner so you know naito jay white i think if naito wins jay white wins on night two but if Abushi wins which i think long overdue uh then Ibushi will walk out of Wrestle Kingdom double champion. Um in Night 2, we've got Shingo Takagi against Jeff Cobb. That'll be a fucking ripper. Evil versus Nada. I'm not really interested in that match. I can honestly say I'm not. Um Ishimori against either Takahashi or Phantasmo. Um, and then Jay White against either Naito or Ibushi. So, fuck yeah. Can't wait. New Japan. New Japan's where it's at. There you go. It was supposed to be Juice Robinson as well against Kenta. But he's currently injured. So, I still think... I'm, I know, like, they've said no about Mox being there. But I still think, like, the timing is just perfect. You know he, he loses the title, December second. Wrestle Kingdom is a month away, possibly f- close to five weeks. He hasn't been on Dynamite. He could be in Japan right now, quarantining for Wrestle Kingdom. So I don't know. I'm still, I've still got hope for Night Two, Kenta vs Moxley. So, and Moxley's still the champion. Usually they do a six month rule. You can't defend it. Well. You're stripped of the title. I mean, that's how he was stripped of the title in 2019. Which led to him being there 2020 at Wrestle Kingdom. Beating Lance Archer and Juice Robinson. Back to back nights. So, anyway, what do you do? Alright, alright you fuckers. that'll we'll do it for me. Um, for this edition. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope I did alright on this one. Never know, some of them are good, some of them are bad, I've been told. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just keep marking out and catch you, catch you next time. When that will be, who knows. Thanks for listening, I guess. Um, I guess I'll plug the Instagram page if you haven't already followed it. Go follow it. Sunset Flip Super Kicks. It'll come up. It'll come up. Um, Yeah. All right. Bye.